Hey everybody, this is Al Nash from the Unapologetic Women Empowerment Dynasty and you're listening to the Unapologetic Women Podcast, the show for women who love to live their legacies unleashed, unlimited and unapologetic. If this is a community you would like to be part of, visit us at unapologetic-women.com. Today, we're talking about your genius with Dr. Mary Maduna Gross. Mary is a transformational leadership coach specializing in shifting clients out of pain and struggle and into joy and creativity. Her expertise in both leadership and systems allow individuals and teams to become joyful, efficient and profitable. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross. It's middle of summer. It's it's raining outside, even though my weather app is saying that it's a beautiful summery day, which is always hilarious for me. And very much how I'm experiencing life at the moment. It's as though um, life, according to the experts in the apps, is happening one way, and how I'm experiencing life appears to be very different. So, Mary, welcome to the conversation. <laughs> This is a juicy conversation. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. And I'm so excited to be having it because we are fairly new in each other's worlds. And yeah. the, the reason I invited you onto this conversation was our very first conversation had no predefined limitations or rules of what we could discuss or how we were going to discuss it. We just immediately was like, hey, this is my crazy. Is there anything yeah. in you? <laughs> Which was yes. Um, and so thank you so much for agreeing to, to come on to the podcast and for us to just have a juicy conversation and to see wherever it goes. I love that. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Yeah. And I almost feel like we did people a disservice by not hitting record beforehand because we were both talking about how we are having a different experience from yeah what I like to call normal people um and and I say that respectfully right it's just the people that are still going with what society is saying is normal and how life is but before we go there or maybe we don't even go there I always love to show, start the show with what does it mean to you to be an unapologetic woman? I love it that you asked that question because especially this morning, uh, knowing this conversation was being recorded this afternoon, I really was meditating on unapologetic and I would catch myself um, just popping up. I remember one time I was fixing my hair. And I was like, Oh, apologies. Like I, I remember being that person that always apologized for everything, whether I had anything to do with it or not, it felt like I needed to apologize. And this to me is all about not having to apologize anymore. And the work that I've done and the work that I do with my clients and, and the conversation that you and I first had was in this space where We didn't have to apologize. It doesn't mean that everything you said that I agreed with or that everything I said you agreed with it. That's not the point, but you didn't have to apologize for anything. I didn't have to apologize for anything. We were able just to put it out there and say, well, what what happens when we put this together? Yes, it is almost for me, especially 
that mm, giving myself permission to think yeah. in my own unique way, to unapologetically share that with people without attachment that they need to agree with it, which then opens me up to really listening to people, not needing to agree with them, but just loving where they are finding themselves at in their lives and how they think. Yeah. So am I here? Well, L, that's a very different conversation. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to jump in on that right there because what you're talking about isn't just listening to the content of the conversation. You're listening to the person behind the content you're listening for. What does this person believe about themselves? What do they believe about the scenario? What do they believe about the people in the scenario? That's what you're listening to and connecting to not the scenario itself. What is that true? Yeah, because for me, content, yeah. quite frankly, is irrelevant because I understand the content is created through our personal view of whatever a life experience is. So yeah. you put five people in a room and who will have the quote unquote same experience and five different pieces of content will come from that. And so I'm at that stage in my life where content to me is interesting, but I'm not hooked into content as absolute truth anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But because of my deep love for people, I'm always curious to know more about the person. I don't need to buy into their content anymore. And so it removed fear for me mm -hmm. because my experience is that so many people are living from fear because they feel that they're either threatened in what they believe, like, oh my God, I have to find like-minded people so that we can mm -hmm. all think the same so I can feel safe. Anybody who doesn't think the same as me is a threat to me. And so I have to be defensive of that or I need to release my belief in order to adapt this so that I can then belong to the new tribe. Um, mm -hmm. And when we come mm -hmm. to understand that, well, actually, no. <laughs> right. We get to a space again of appreciating free thinking. Mm -hmm. And yes. for that is connecting to divine love, which is the mm -hmm. opposite of fear. Exactly. Like everything that you were just describing there, that whole, I, I, I just literally felt like I had to twist myself, not not to meet your, your, um, anything that you're saying, but that experience, right. We, we look outside of ourselves and we see what's happening and, and we're unconsciously asking ourselves, what does this mean about me? And, and depending on what that voice is like in your head, um, if you haven't gotten to know that voice yet, it's probably very critical, right? It's going to be that voice of that critical parent or the critical teacher or caregiver who was critical. Right. And so, and that's, that's stuck with you. And so we're stuck with this. And so we're in this, we're stuck in this defensive mode and we don't know how powerful our thoughts are. And when we end up just keeping those same thoughts or thinking those same thoughts over and over again, we end up creating the same experience over and over again. And we wonder why is this keep happening to me? And because, and then the other piece that I've really realized about myself, as I look back on my story and what have I really learned on this story, one of the, the beliefs that I had 
was that I believed that I could think my way through it. I believe that if I just thought long enough and hard enough and, and broadly enough that I would find the logic, I'd find the answer, I'd put the solution in place and boom, it'd be done. And wouldn't I be the hero? I've solved the problem. But what I, A, thinking in that way, that overthinking never really brought up about a solution to the problem. And I know now that it, well, I would, uh, let me say this. I would believe now that I don't, I don't think thinking can get us to the solution. Um, but we don't know that. And so we're just, we're stuck in that. And then we say, well, I've done everything that I know how to do. And we throw up our hands and, and we let go of the reins. And what I've learned just this morning, it, it was a story involving other people, right? But this other person was saying, well, I know this one person who really is, you know, a very pious person and just believes God's got her back and trust and trust and trust. But, you know, then she just prays and prays and prays for everything that she wants and until she can't do that anymore. Right. And so I think we all do that, right? We do what we know how to do until that's not working anymore. And then we finally say, I don't know what else to do. We give up control. And if we stay out of control long enough, things happen the way they're supposed to happen. And then we can just sit back and say, oh my gosh, this is what was trying to happen all the time. And I was trying to squash it. I was trying to contain it, but this is what was trying to come out all along. So I want to bring this a, a different angle from this because okay. I get where you're coming from and my experience has changed. And okay. what I've come to understand for me personally is that we are living in a society that tells us we have to solve problems. Yes. And even when I look at the personal development industry and how we are told that we have we have to be solving a problem as coaches, mm -hmm. as mentors, as teachers, mm -hmm. as whatever it is. And then that is what we have to do for our clients is solve the problem. And that has never sat well for me because when we are solving problems, we think and we're coming at it in the terms of there is something wrong. There is a problem to solve, which is where people are hitting that brick wall all of the time. And like I said, when they give up, then things flow. But what mm -hmm. if the things are flowing not because they're giving up, but because they've stopped the focus? And so my shift is, what if there are no problems and I rather focus on what is it that I want to create next? Yes. I'm having to find a problem to solve. It's a space That's right. if everything is perfect, what is it the future that I desire to create for myself and anybody else who wants to play in my space gets to come and play in, in the future that we are creating? There's no re release that needs to happen because there's no resistance. There's mm -hmm. no focus on anything that can stop me. There's only a curiosity and a playfulness of and what else is possible then Yes. I almost feel like that's the, the point that people hit is they stop trying to solve a problem. They they give up, you know, as we mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. But that's not actually what's happening. All it's doing is they're changing their focus because it's the focus. If we are continuously saying there has to be a problem, then I hate to tell humanity, but they're creating problems so that they can feel useful 
in solving a problem and being a solution for somebody else. And that's fine, right? I mean, it's still serving evolution and consciousness, growth and, and the improvement sure. of humanity. I'm not bashing at all. But what I'm really freaking excited about is those of us who are starting to go, I don't want to do that anymore. Now, mm -hmm. what do I tap into and what else is possible? And the interesting thing that's happening, and this is where we started our offline conversation, is we become unrelatable to other people because they want us to explain that which cannot be explained because it hasn't been done before. So no construct, social construct has been created for it. Do you want to, mm -hmm. do you want to go there? Do you I do. I do want to go there. I love that. Um, yeah. So let's go back to that experience that you and I were talking about where we feel like we're, we're separate from other people. I was at a family um, event last week and I, it just struck me. So a lot of what I do is virtual. Like I'm, I'm here, I get to choose who I give my calendar to and who I give my time to. And I'm very selective about that. And so when I had this out, out of my usual box experience, I'm listening to average Joe's, right? And the conversations are all about aches and pains and who's died and, and, um, what the, the newest problem is, whether it's political or, or local or whatever, but it was all just complaining, complaining about problems all the time. And I really just had zero interest in those conversations. I, I felt like I was the odd man out. Like they were having this lovely conversation and I didn't know how to participate even driving home that evening, I'm looking at these homes and, and wondering what is going on in these homes? Are they complaining to one another? Are they frustrated about what happened at work today? Or are they going to bed peaceful tonight? I don't know. But yes, I, I think we are in this, we are in this space where culturally we're conditioned to blame, complain, all of those kinds of things. We're, we're conditioned to, to focus on the problem. We're rewarded for focusing on the problem and then hopefully solving the problem. And I love what you said about switching the focus because it is all about, I think it is all about switching the focus. As long as I focus on a problem and have a problem to solve, I have a problem. Even if I'm doing what I can with it, I want to make it better. I'm still starting with the problem. And to me, it's one of those moving away from and, and what am I moving towards? Th to me, that's a moving away from. I want to move away from the pain that this problem is, is causing me. Mm -hmm. And that's only going to get me so far. But if I can just, I don't want to say just ignore it because it's there. Whatever is happening is there. But if I can look at that from a, the lens that says everything is happening for me, mm -hmm. how is this happening for me? And we don't even have to come up with a conscious answer to that. I don't think, I think unconsciously, we just ask ourselves, I love that other question you had about what else is possible. How is this happening for me? So unconsciously now our brain is like, oh crap, this is happening for me. Let's find the justification for how this is happening for me. And sure enough, we find it. Mm -hmm. um, and then we get just get to keep focusing on what it is that I want to build. I don't have to worry about moving away from anything anymore. I just get to focus.
focus on what I want to build? What do I want to experience? What do I want more of? You know, one of the things that I um, teach my clients is, is one of the first commitments is you have to take ownership. And to me, I'm asking my clients, take ownership of your experience. Mm -hmm. now, you don't have to take ownership of everything that's happening because there are things that are happening that you had no control over. And yet you do have control over how you respond to that. What do you do with this experience? Do you, do you use this to justify that I'm not enough or, or that I'm not worthy or that there's always problems? Or do I use this experience to justify and prove to myself that life is happening for me? Either way, you're going to be right. <laughs> and who do I get to become because of what's happening in life for me? That is a yes. powerful question for me because what I've come to understand is that I've lived life. You know, I've mm -hmm. had experiences in my life that most other people call themselves a survivor of or an overcomer mm -hmm. of or a this of or a that. Yep. And I was like, mm -hmm. No, I choose not to define myself because of an experience that I had, but who did I choose to become through the process of believing it happened for me? And yes, it was tough in the moment. And I always say to people compassionately, I have been delving into personal development and psychology for 30 years now. And I work, yeah. I work on myself every single day not really the word that I want to say to people because there's mm -hmm. also this idea of it's so hard and it has to be painful yeah. and we have to cry and we have to like this and and it's I say work but it's just hmm, I'm present to my life every single day I bring presence yes. to my life every single day maybe that is a better way to start putting it for people yes. it doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to be difficult and it mm -hmm. does, you don't have mm -hmm. to work with an expert just bring presence to your mm -hmm. life every single day and you will grow consciously because we grow whether conscious or unconsciously, but we get to grow consciously if we want to. But it is that when I choose the women I want to be today and I look at everything that life has gifted me in the richness of the women that I am, how can I possibly look back and, and condemn any of it or any participants in any event, regardless of how painful it was in the moment. Yes. And for me, that's the space of compassion. Exactly. And forgiveness. I don't even need forgiveness anymore. And I, I did do the forgiveness journey. I, I'm just in yeah. appreciation now. Like anybody, of I course. don't want to forgive you anymore. I so appreciate the active participant that you were in my growth and evolution. And yet, if somebody is listening and they still need the forgiveness process, I'm not bashing the forgiveness process at all. Sure. I want to bring this back in, in all of, because the compassion piece ties back for me to what you said earlier with regards to the critical voice inside mm -hmm. and how critical we are on ourselves. And mm -hmm. I'm observing a large piece of that. Oh, just kicking the hornet's nest today here. Okay. <laughs> is being exasperated in the personal development industry. I listen to a lot of language that's being used. I'm a recovering perfectionist. I'm a recovering control freak. I feel like an imposter. Like all of these labels that are created within our space, 
God knows I've used them all myself. Sure. But in the process of it, we're actually accentuating self-critique instead of bringing in self-compassion. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And how would we speak of ourselves if we used not a single label in the conversation in our heads? Mm -hmm. Ask me that last question one more time. How would we experience ourselves if we use mm -hmm. not a single label in the conversations of self in our heads? A single label. All of those ways that we define ourselves that are, are in my I'm, forgive me if this is a little too uh, callous, but I kind of feel like I'm in a meat suit, right? This is the this is the meat suit that I got for this experience, but who I am is not this. It's it's not what it's not who Mary has done in this lifetime and the experiences that she's had and what she's learned and all of that. That's I feel like I'm I I mean, and here's another metaphor, right? I feel like I'm playing a part on a stage, but who I am really is this um eternal being this divine eternal being that wants to express itself, wants to express itself through this lens, to, to experience the world through this lens. And I think that's what we're all here wanting to do. We, we, but we've not been taught this. We've been taught that we're the son, the daughter, the teacher, the student, whatever it is. And then as soon as we have a label, then close behind that is some sort of evaluation of how we're doing on that. Whether it's spoken or unspoken, there is an evaluation. I'm a good daughter. I'm not such a good daughter, right? I'm, I'm a good leader. I'm not such a good leader, right? So there's all of that. And then we have to defend ourselves against that. No, I'm a good daughter. I'm a good leader. And let me prove to you that I am. And so now I'm in this ego state. And that part of me that is wonderful without having to do anything just sits back and says, okay, Mary, when you're done playing with that, then come back here. And here's where your energy is. Here's where your joy is. Here's where everything is. We'll be here <laughs> whenever you want to come back. I, I, I think it's even more than that. I don't think it's, it's when it's like, you don't have to come back. We always hear like they, we are, like we yeah. never leave. And there's a playfulness in my head that goes, there, there, there all goes again. Okay. Exactly. Yes. What are we going to do with what she's creating next? Right. So it's the right. game that I'm playing between. I almost, as you were talking, it's like, mm. it's not who I am. It's what I really am compared to who I'm choosing to be in this human experience. Right. I choose to be Al. Um, yeah. But what I really am is consciousness evolving through human experience with meat suit Al. And all yeah. shenanigans and yeah. all her sensory delight. Um, exactly. Which has also really brought me to living way more presently and not denying myself the deliciousness of life. So it's like exactly. savoring life every single day in, in a huge way. And then 
starting, and I did this for myself for a while, is to start listening to how I was speaking in my professional labeling of self, procrastinator, okay. imposter syndrome, uh, perfectionist, like all of these professionally gifted, compassionate, <laughs> it's coming from a good space, mm -hmm. um, labels, and then feeling what that did to me. And I was the poster child for an overachiever. I was mm -hmm. the most critical person of self. Nobody was harder on me than I used to be on myself. Right. And, and I'm not shaming any of that. But when I started to tell a different story, when I started to allow myself to explore what does unconditional love feel like? Mm -hmm. All of those labels had to go. Yeah. Because I'm not a perfectionist. I have exceptional standards for beauty, creativity, originality, and all of those things because they light my ass on fire. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not willing to make that wrong anymore. And it comes back from, to me for being an unapologetic woman. I am mm -hmm. no longer willing to make my appreciations, my personal preference of appreciation wrong. Beautiful. And we get to make that choice, don't we? I, 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 I that to me, that's the key of the freedom that, that we're talking about and that you and I work with people, not only for ourselves, but, but help others do. We create that freedom, the freedom from all of those labels and all of that judgment. It's part of the story. I, I saw something last week. I was, I was watching a webinar and the woman was just like, ah, you know, you're, you've got to fail. If you're going to build a business you have got to fail you're not going to get there without i saw a meme that reinforced it this week on facebook um i love how messages just replicate themselves it was like if you it, the meme was something like if you don't want to make mistakes in your business go get a job right so this idea that the decisions that i make or the actions that i take may not be what is this right and wrong thing it's the action i take it's the decision i made and here's where it got me was it where I thought it was going to get me? Maybe, maybe not, but it doesn't make it wrong. It's the decision that I made. And now here's the new situation that I have to play with. So I like to question everything. And as I'm listening, you pose, you know, that the question that pops into my mind is always, is that really true? Do we have to fail in business? Do we have to be willing to fail in business for us to be successful? Or is that just a belief that we keep on reinforcing because, and, and here's where I'm coming from. I used mm -hmm. to say, you have to live, feel the fear and do it anyway. We all mm -hmm. have to live from a state yeah. of mind. I used to say that as well. And now I know that for me, it's untrue. That for okay. me, it's, well, no, fear is a message that I get to use to calibrate the truth first and then take unafraid action because I'm calibrated and this, I don't have to, feel like I want to vomit anymore. I don't have to do things that make right. me scared to outgrow it anymore. And then I'm thinking, is there, is there a new story to be told other than you have to be willing to fail in business if you want to be successful? And I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, sure. For me, it's, what if it does, what if that was not, doesn't have to be true anymore? 
what if we don't have to create failure for ourselves in order to prove that we are then worthy of the success that we receive? What if everything just fucking works? <laughs> and I'm putting this well, out there for new people in yeah. business as well. Yeah. What if we created new evidence? What if we started creating evidence that everything can just work? Well, I love it that you're bringing it back to what we were talking about earlier, the focus, right? Where am I putting my focus? And so I, I think there's, there's two ways that I would answer your question. One is that I think that being willing to accept failure as part of the process is necessary in the beginning. Because in the beginning, we are highly defensive. And if, if we're ever going to move into this more creative state that you're talking about, we've got to go through that state where we forgive ourselves for the, all the horrible things that we've be believed about ourselves, that we talk, the way that we talk to ourselves. And by giving ourselves for forgiveness and grace for that, that gives us now the tools to give grace and compassion to other people. So I think it's it's part of a process. So once you get into that space now, where I where as you were saying, I don't feel like I have to um, forgive anyone anymore. I don't even have to make mistakes anymore. I believe that that's true because you have trained your focus so much on what it is that you want. You're not looking down here at the problems like most of us are, right? So to get to that point where we can see everything as happening for us that it's all a win-win that this game is an illusion anyway. I think it is necessary for us to, to at least accept that failure is part of the part of the process. Mm. And because if I can't, then there's resistance, right? If I'm not going to accept that, um, then we just set up resistance for ourselves. Maybe the, maybe it comes down to what is the mindset I need to adopt to reduce or eliminate any resistance I have to this possibility. Going back to the, your question of what else is possible. Or how do we define failure? Well, I, I would say, I, I don't know, but I would think most people would define failure as I took an action or I made a decision that didn't result, didn't bring me the results that I wanted. Or that I predicted or that I my paradigm of what it had to look like. Yes. And I'm going to put it to you, sister that that paradigm is based on societal things of what we are said is going to be success yes. and so if we had to remove that paradigm and go that i am a creator an artist and art is comes out in whatever form it comes mm -hmm. out in it is never predetermined by the artist of what the piece ultimately will be it's the reveal of what is within yeah. by removing all then there is no failure then there is no failure and we do not have to fail to succeed because we only create we can actually then remove the concept of both failure and success because all of that is external in how we are being perceived by the other people in society there's my breakthrough yes. thank you for this conversation so we we can remove failure and success from consciousness yeah. when we start focusing on creation and artistry yes. and just yes. evolving through the experience mm -hmm. in whatever way it evolves in complete trust faith and divine love that's it that the complete trust 
that is absolutely necessary. And again, that's what's not happening when we're defending or we're looking at our problems. We're looking at problems because we don't trust that this problem has already been solved. We don't trust that. If and when we do trust that, we are in this state where there is no failure. I've been making mistakes getting here. I've just learned a lot of things along the way. Am I successful? Yes, I'm always successful. I woke up this morning, I'm still breathing, I'm successful today, right? I'm still I'm still playing the game. To me, that's success. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. And then we start allowing, and we were talking about allowance before the call as well, yeah. in terms of allowing the outcome of an action without judging myself as the action taker. Yes, and that allows us to then become so much more creative because we use the new form of the clay after the action mm -hmm. taken instead of condemning the form of the clay and throwing it out and go, well, that's a failure. Now we just get to mold the new form from whatever form there is. Isn't yes. that fabulous? It is. It's amazing. And I love that we're talking about, you know, metaphorically about clay and all of these things, because that's something we can, we can put our hands on, literally wrap our hands around that and, and grasp that. But when we're talking about, I was on a podcast recently and, and the, it was about being creative and, and what's the definition of creative. We're having this very similar conversation about being creative. And, and I said, I believe that all entrepreneurs are creatives there, our medium is our business. And when we can see that our, our business is a medium rather than that final product, then we can play with the materials that we've been given. We can pick up a few new materials. We can throw out a few new materials, right? We get to play with whatever it is. And, and being in that sense of play, I love that you keep coming back to that as well. Just it keeps us in that trust because can you really play if you don't have trust? Yeah. I don't think so. Like you, you even look at, at children, like the, in order for them to play and really use play as a learning medium, which it's intended to be, they have to feel like they can trust the adults that they're not going to, these adults are not going to let me cross a line that I can't come back from. Right. And so they get to play with full abandon in this area that you've you've given them to play and to explore and to experience and that's what we've got to do for ourselves we got to create these spaces where we can play and explore and no judgment just what is it's that curiosity another one of the words i keep hearing you say i can now approach this with curiosity instead of judgment curious oh well that didn't work the way i thought it did wonder what is happening here what is, what is, what more wants to be allowed here? What more wants to emerge here? And what is telling me now this, this is not the time, or this isn't for you and, and give myself permission to let that go. And I want to invite our entrepreneurial ladies, males, I don't know, whoever is listening to this. I want to invite our entrepreneurial friends mm -hmm. to audaciously play in the unknown and the uncreated yeah because at the moment the entrepreneurial space is being divided into two the way i'm experiencing it the ones are just no judgment replicators 
yeah. of what is and they just keep on it's it's the same old same old that they are replicating mm -hmm. and yes you can say that you're bringing your own self to it or whatever it is but it's still a replication it's very much I'm eating the same slab of chocolate over and over again yeah and then there is a dwindling number of entrepreneurs which used to be entrepreneurialism that are audaciously original in their thoughts and mm -hmm. breaking the parameters of what is being done in business and I believe that this is where women like us come in and we really are the freaks of the business society who cannot be defined or labeled even under a job title because yeah. what we do is not what the job title is doing anymore. And what I'm finding really interesting is when people ask me to start explaining what I do and they, they, they're doing it from a good space, right? They want to mm -hmm. know about me and understand me, but I'm mm -hmm. ununderstandable <laughs> in what I do because what I do is evolving every single day. And so if I tell you what I do, it's what I've done, but right. it's no longer what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And wow. I would love to meet more entrepreneurs who are playing in the space of the undefined because that is really what is needed in society at the moment. And we are, we are the outcasts out of most conversations. Right. Yeah. And we were talking about this earlier. I need to figure out how to be introduced to what I call normal people in a way that normal people don't feel um, uncomfortable in my space. Because yep. I'm still just a really nice woman as well. As crazy right. as what I am, in how yeah. I see and experience the world. I'm a really compassionate, loving human being as well. And mm -hmm. I feel sometimes I get ostracized because people can't connect to this, this realm of me. And yeah. so I almost need to mm, play normal. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. To have friends in, in my physical right. world and then have space for this absolute... Um, insane creative exploration of delight um, yeah. is what what I really am all about how do you feel about that are you finding that as well I cannot tell you how validating it is to hear you describe that challenge I know we're talking about problems and we shouldn't be focusing on problems but this has been a challenge that I've been acutely aware of over the past year and um it because I'm still looking at this as a problem, right? I haven't focused on the solution yet. Um, what, what was happening is that this problem was getting in the way of me even having conversations. Because as you were saying, you know, someone who sees the world as, I, I, don't, I don't need to forgive you. You haven't done anything to me, right? Um, or doesn't see failures, doesn't even need success. Like that, that's a whole realm that most people just, I can't even, touch, right? Not even forget about wrapping your head around. They can't even touch that. And they don't even want to because it, it is so foreign to what they know. And so anything foreign feels uncomfortable and it must be dangerous or it must not be good for me. I got to defend myself against it. And I would say that that's the biggest challenge, right? Is because of this defensiveness. So I think what I'm starting to focus on, right? 
Now is starting to focus on where is my ideal client? Where are they on a continuum? I have a continuum that I use and, and I'm just asking myself, like, does, does this person see themselves as a victim, right? There's nothing else that they can do. Um, and I'll know that through their complaining, they're blaming, they're judging, they're criticizing, like I'll know that pretty quickly. Um, or are they in the space where they have to defend themselves? So they have more energy than the victim does, but now we're in the state of defending myself. And oftentimes that means for me to feel good, I have to put you down. And so that's, that's how we're working. And most of us live in that space. Most of us live by default and we, we've been conditioned to live in this space. There, we've been conditioned that there's a shortage of anything that we need. And so we always have to compete with one another. Um, and so I think that having this continuum to, uh, to be able to say, well, where am I? How do I talk to people that are experiencing the world this way? And then how do I talk to people that are experiencing the world this way? It's not a judgment. Nobody's right or wrong. It's just where, how are you seeing the world? That's the solution that I'm focusing on is, so how do I describe it to someone who may be in these levels and how do I describe and explain it to someone who may be at these other levels? Yeah. Um, now, does that make for a really succinct little marketing uh, plan? No, it really doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, mm -mm. it really doesn't. <laughs> no, no. It and so I've for a brand. It doesn't make no. a a container. It, right. it and I think that's the really fun part for me at this stage of my business. I am no longer attempting to put my business into an understandable box because okay. my my clients are not even my clients. My clients are my peers and my friends mm -hmm. who want to play with me because. Mm -hmm they appreciate my genius gift in the enhancement of theirs. Exactly. And so I don't even have to explain to them what I do because they don't give a shit. <laughs> All they know is that when they walk away from a conversation with me, they're enriched and they're thinking yeah. a little different and they're seeing new possibilities. That's the experience my clients want from me. They don't want to know how I do it. They don't want mm -hmm. to know what I do. They don't mm -hmm. want me to explain to them in a marketing plan how this is going to benefit them. Yeah. I would also say that I've noticed resistance in myself where we're when we're talking about marketing, usually the, the formula is something the, to the effect of um, making sure that people know that they have a problem right? Really activate the problem. And the way I think of that in my mind is like, if you had a wound and you just stick your finger in there, you dig around in it and you pour a little salt in it. And, mm. and, and then you come with, here's the solution. Oh my goodness. You got this wound and it's oozing and bleeding all over the place. I happen to have the solution for that. Well, the only reason they had that wound with the bleeding and the oozing is because I stuck my finger in it in the first place. So that kind of marketing has never made sense to me. It doesn't align with who I am. So I'm really, I'm learning from you and I'm going to listen back on, on this and take some notes here as well, because I, I'm, I am looking for how I want alignment. I, I believe that what I, you and I do is we do bring out the genius in other people. Um, and could they do it on their own? Absolutely. 
Um, it's just, I think that it, it goes faster when I have help. I know that my genius comes out faster than when I try to do it on my own. I also know that I, that someone else, I allow other people to push me more than I would push myself. And so where I may have given up, if I didn't have someone saying, well, Mary, what about this? You said you wanted this. Are you going after it? Right. And then it gives me the opportunity to say, no, that's not what I want anymore. Or no, I really do want that. And yes, I really do want to make decisions now to make that a priority. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've, I've covered, gone around a lot, but that, that idea that people are in different places, they hear different things. Um, but ultimately what we're doing is helping them get in touch with that beingness, that genius inside of them, mm-hmm. that once they are connected, right? Once I got connected and I'm still in the beginning, like there's way more to come from me here, but I've, I'm far enough down the road that I can see that um, when I am really connected with this part of me, I'm not working. I'm busy. I'm doing things, but none of it is work. And when I notice that I'm working and I'm struggling, I'm trying to control something that probably doesn't need to be controlled at all. I was having a conversation with a beautiful woman yesterday and um, she is working with a business coach and, and rebranding her business and she's have got so much anxiety around it and we were going through the conversation and I said to her honey what if you actually what if the business is already successful and your brand is completely irrelevant and you're just going through branding for shits and giggles mm-hmm. I feel like in the business space, we've put all these things in place that goes for you to have a thriving business, you have to have the brand nailed and your dream client nailed and your problem nailed and your marketing plan for the next six months and you have to have this and you, and I'm kind of going, Awesome for the people who want to have all of that in place. And I definitely did. I've been an entrepreneur for more than 20 years now. And quite frankly, I've come to understand that all of that stuff is just human L playing Mm -hmm. the clay. But the, the outcome is already created. That's energetic alignment. And everything else is just shits and giggles me being creative and playful and having my hands in the clay but my the outcome is not dictated by any of my actions my beautiful consciousness is just kind of going oh look at Elle she's keeping herself (laughs) occupied while I'm doing real work (laughs) how cute (laughs) (laughs) I know that when I get into serious Elle mode Oh my yeah. God, I have to figure this out or da, 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 the sky's going to fall in on my head. Then I just, yeah. I just laugh at myself and go, really? You just did that? Yeah. And here's the right. thing. It's always because I buy into somebody else's story that I have a pain yes. point that they need to solve for me. And, yes. And that is that whole marketing, that psychological, going to call it what it is, psychological manipulation marketing and it's it's always felt horrible to me um I found it very sad that the personal development industry has gone down that route um Mm. 
and it, it's never done from a, a horrible place. Please, I'm not judging the people who are doing it because they really believe that that is the way to do it. But um, I think we can do better. I think we can yes. do better. And so that's what's really fun for me at this time of being alive is for those of us who are kind of going, how can we start taking consciousness to what is better? away from the pain for gain away from the having to feel fear in order for us to grow away from us having to fail in order for us to justify why we were eventually successful away mm -hmm. from the victim and hero story mm -hmm. and yes it's fun and it's it's weird and it's shenanigans and it's beautiful and it's new and we are not going to be understood by most mm -hmm. people and I think what's really amazing is how technology has been created for this time for people to us to connect globally isn't that amazing yes. it's such a gift to be able to connect from my house here in Chicago with people literally all over the world I'm in a networking group based out of South Africa I've got call global calls every week and it, it just fascinates me. And I was telling somebody else today, like what I love about that is that it gets me out of the, the U.S. view of the world, right? I, I, that's all I know. That's all I've ever lived. And yet I know that that's not the only way to see things. And so when I get to engage with other people who don't have that lens, they have their own lens, talk about possibilities. There are new possibilities. They see things that I don't see and vice versa. And it's not a competition. It is true collaboration. Yes. Co-creation. Yes. It's co-creation. Yes. Yeah. It's best. And it's so fun. I'm having a look at the time. I know. <laughs> time goes so fast when we're together, Elle. Oh, my goodness. So two things. How do people connect with you? Yes. Okay. So my email address is Mary at bluebambooleadership.com. Mm -hmm. And you're on LinkedIn as well. And I am on LinkedIn as well. And, and drop your LinkedIn link into the description of the podcast. So yes, can great. With you as well. Who do you want, who would want to connect with you? Let's, let's ask that question. Who would want to connect with you? Do you want me to answer that? Mm. Yeah, oh, who would want to connect with me? I would say that, Anyone who's listening to this and has been aware of a pattern of, of chatter in their own voice that says, so-and-so, your name, you're better than this. You've got more to give than this. And the sign just giving, right? You, you've got more impact to make here. It's that, that little nudge, right? I, I, I can feel it from myself. I knew even as a high schooler, I felt like Mary, I knew I was a slacker, but I didn't feel good about being a slacker. I knew I was being a slacker. I just didn't know what else I could do. I didn't even know where I was going. And so if you're in that space where you just, you just know there's more to you and you want to experience this more of you, that that is the person to call me. We can talk about the assessment that I use to, to uh, measure where or how are you seeing the world now on the scale that, that we were talking about earlier. It gives you information. Um, and, um, yeah, so it starts with conversation. So 
email me. Let's just have a conversation, see what um, little nudge that I can possibly do for you. And um, I would love the conversation. Awesome. Final question for today. What do you take right. unapologetic stand for in the world? Oh, I, okay. This is what genius is the word that popped in my head. And I know we, we used that earlier, but I am taking a stand that we are all geniuses. We are all these amazing, beautiful, divine creators. And I'm taking a stand for that part in all of us, because I knew, I know that up until the first 40 plus years of my life, I kept that part really small and that's not serving anybody. And so I'm taking a stand for all of us, for that, that divine genius within each of us, um, because that is how we really lead a life well-led. Mary, my friend, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been such a delicious conversation. What an amazing yeah. way to start my day. Exactly. Absolutely. To all the listeners, thank you so much for, for listening and for staying, I hope, for the duration of the conversation. And honestly, take Mary up on her invitation and connect with her, have a conversation with her, and just see where it goes. I'm always saying, you know, we don't have to have an expectation that it has to end in a work relationship, but it's through these conversations that we get to question our own thoughts. And even Mary and myself, like this conversation mm -hmm. in and of itself has opened my mind up with so much stuff that I'm going to sit with afterwards and just pull apart for myself, even through mm -hmm. the words that I have been speaking. Um, because what I always say is, it's in the conversations that our geniuses are activated and it's the conversations that help us to calibrate to our own genius and be the genius that we really are. So yeah. until next week, have an amazing time and don't forget we get to live our legacies unleashed, unlimited and unapologetic. See you next time. Cheers.